For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Jeff Fidoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, Former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valero and I have a special guest, former Chiefs punter Louis Aguiar. Louis, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, this, this is so cool. And, Louis, you were such a good punter during your NFL career, especially with the Chiefs, Pro Bowl punter. I'm curious, you know, I think one of the more underappreciated facets of the Super Bowl championship season of the Chiefs, those are special teams. With Dave Tobe, Butker, Colquitt, you obviously know punting. You even – I know you coached – you probably coached against Tobe at some point. What are your thoughts of, a, of the Chiefs' special teams? Uh, Chiefs have a great special teams. Tobe's always been uh, one of the best. Um, when I was coaching with the Jets, uh, we played against him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's always had a top-notch guy. When he was – what made him so good when he was in Chicago when he had uh, some kid by the name of Devin Hester. <laughs> right. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good kid. Hey, you know, he's not too bad, you know. Um, you know, so Devin, you know, bought into it. And, you know, that's when Tobe really got into the NFL special teams coordinator. And he's just gone up from there. And he's just blossomed. He's, he's phenomenal. Well, Lou, I mean, you know, let's let's go – let's talk about, about that season. I mean, what what do you think of the Chiefs run? What were you thinking preseason, midseason – going into playoffs and then through the playoffs, were you on the same roller coaster ride that we were, you know, following this team the whole year? Oh yeah. You know, uh, I go to the, I try to get to all the games. I'm a, uh, remember the ambassadors? Oh my I'm One course. of those ambassadors. So I go, I yeah. get, I go to the games and, uh, you know, preseason, you don't really get to see much because you, yeah. you don't get to see much because, you know, they're not going to play the starters, but you know, you know, up and down, up and down. It was just like, you know, uh, what was it? They were what? Six and four, I think, and they uh, and everybody was counting them out. Right, the run defense was yeah. struggling. I, I was, we were kind of, we were Joe and I were uh, counting them out a little bit too, or at least a little nervous. So, right, I mean, they're counting them out, and you know, and I'm all like, you can't count these guys out. I go, they got a new def, they got a you know new uh, coordinator in, uh, was Spags, and he's done he done a great job. I know Spags. When he was the head coach here at the Rams, right? Because I live here in St. Louis, I got to go over and meet him, talk to him a few times. He coached in Barcelona, Spain. After I played with Barcelona Dragons, so we have some of the same connections. And so, you know, when I went to preseason there uh, during training camp, talked to uh, talked to him, and it was it's just a learning curve. Yeah. And as soon as he got those guys rolling, I mean, I mean, it was it was something else to watch. I mean, their defense. You know, hurt them last year because if they didn't put up 48 to 56 points, they're going to struggle. Yeah. And this year, 
you know, same thing. I mean, it was just a roller coaster, but thank goodness they have they have that four by one hundred uh, team out there that can catch and run. That, yeah, that right. Track I mean, team. Yeah. For would sure. you say there was a turning point, Lou? Do you yeah. think there was a turning point for, for this team? Was it Mahomes coming back, coming back from that injury? I mean, that was obviously yeah. – that was a low point, right? I mean, that I can only imagine you're, you're so close to the team. Yeah. I mean, having – when he came back, it was just a big – you could see the players, you know, in pre, you know, in pregame and game, they're just – they had so much confidence. They had so much confidence. And uh, I remember where I was at the game, uh, they were playing – when they were playing Tennessee in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, they're down by what, 24, and there's five minutes left in the game. Uh, five minutes gone in the game. And all the fans, oh, man, we should fire so-and-so. We should fire so-and-so. And I'm just sitting there going, guy. And I'm sitting in the stands. You know, a lot of guys don't know who I am. Well, guy, fans, I'm all, 25 minutes. I go, look who we have. We have Patrick. We have Kelsey. We got Cheetah. We got 14. We got, we got 11. I go, just give us time. Next mm-hmm. thing you know, we're up 28-14. Everybody looks at me and go, how would you know this? I'm all. Yeah. They have a great mm-hmm. offense. It just it's got to let them explode, and they did. That comeback against the Texans was so amazing, and the comebacks were such a part of their season. Uh, Lou, where do you watch the uh, Super Bowl? Were you there? Were you watching with friends? How, how I was it? actually uh, watching it with my uh, son and daughter uh, out in uh, California. I grew up uh, 45 miles east of San Francisco, 20 miles east of Oakland. Huh. Uh, I grew up, and I was actually sitting there in my parents' house because the night before we had their 60th wedding anniversary mm, for my mom wow. and dad. And so my son and daughter were cheering for the Chiefs, and my mom, my dad, my three brothers, their wives, their kids, the neighbors were all cheering for the uh, Niners. So when they, when we scored, you know, we were all cheering. They scored. They're cheering. And then when they got the ball, when they when they uh, were up, when they got the was it the, the interception with like was it ten minutes left in the game? Mm-hmm. The that, our, my, everybody on my whole family erupted, and my <laughs> and my son and daughter. I looked at them. I said, "So what? We got Mahomes. I go. We yeah. got Kelsey. Next, you know, at the end of the game, we, they pulled it out. So I mean, I was at home with my family and just enjoying it with my mom and dad." Um, my family, it was, it was, it was phenomenal because, uh, you know, Joe knows my mom and dad, uh, my parents were at the game when we last, uh, when I played against the Niners, last time I played against the Niners in 94 with Montana mm-hmm. and Young playing and Joe, I think kind of touched on in that game. Yeah. We, you, uh, you, can Joe? See, you know, Jeff's got the Steve Young cut out behind him there. Where, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> there, there is there is a Chiefs helmet. It's just obscured yeah. by the camera, yeah. so yeah. don't don't get carried away. I was I was yeah. on your guys' side too. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. a, wasn't like your family situation. Yeah, yeah. and when you come back from this, when you come back from this ad, Jeff, we're going to talk about Louis's parents because there there aren't two better people in the world. So as soon as you, you know, get if this, you right, done, if you look up behind Joe in the right hand corner behind Joe's head, that's where he caught the touchdown from Montana against the Niners. <laughs> <laughs> that, and that was one of the most memorable. I was actually as a fan at that game, and that was one of the most. I mean, you had Steve Young versus Joe Montana. That was like the game everybody was talking about this week. And so oh, yeah, that week. So cool that you guys were both part of it. Yeah. Yes, it was. You know, and uh, it was phenomenal because it was the first time I got to play. You know, I played against against San Francisco when I was with the with the Jets, but playing with them against when I was with the Chiefs. 
and Joe was there, and against the Niners. This uh, Joe, of course, not the other Joe, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about Who's this Joe. Joe? Okay, just a, making just double checking. It was, checking, the, Joe, it was sure. the Montana, the Montana Joe. Oh, jeez, oh, all right. And, and the and the Chiefs and the Niners. I mean, I had so many phone calls from friends back home that week. Um, it was good to get that game to win, especially uh, in the Super Bowl this year. I had to listen to all my friends back home. <laughs> That's such a cool setting to have watched that Super Bowl. Uh, well, while you're waiting this one out at home with us, you can still have some bet fun betting at betonline.ag. With no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. But, 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 but Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. But sports aren't totally done. There's still eSports, American Idol, Big Brother, the elections, the Spelling Bee, their $750,000 poker series. There's still fun to be had. So go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Well, yeah, I, I want to hear a little bit about uh, Lou's, Lou's family here. You know, yeah. he was watching uh, the game with his folks. Uh, yeah, Joe, tell me your thoughts. And I was you know make, them so yeah, well. I was going to make a good segue, you know, when you're talking about betting. And, and I'm going to bet that you would never meet a more genuine, sweet, caring couple of parents than Mr. and Mrs. Aguiar. I mean, they are two of the kindest people. My wife actually used to sit with the Aguiars at, at every home game. And, oh, that's cool. Uh, you know, Lou and I were, you know, using pitching and baseball parlance. We were a battery, right? I was Lou's snapper and, uh, you know, wherever he wanted it, right hip, left hip, you know, a little bit chest, wherever he wanted. I always tried to get it for Lou. Always tried to do right by Lou, but you know, his, his, the way that his parents talked about him and the way they talked about supporting all the other players when things were going good, when things were going bad, Jennifer has the fondest memories. Actually, Louie and Jen were, were just contacting each other on, on Facebook about stuff. And, and uh, well, it's a whole long story. We can get another podcast. Yeah. I did one of those TikTok dances. So with my family, Jeff, we can, we can talk about that on another podcast. But, but Lou was making some comments, and, 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 and my wife was going back and forth with Lou about his folks. And, and, and to this day, what are we now? We're 25 years ago we're talking about. Yeah. To this day, they left an impression on my wife as, a, you know, we were young, we're out there all by ourselves, and you have somebody like the Aguiars flying out to every game, supporting the team. Somebody drops a ball, gets the next one. No, they never had a bad word to say about a player, good, bad, you know, championships, not champion, losing games. They were just, they were the best. And I always, and, and, and they were so kind to my parents too when they would come out and visit, they'd hang out and they were about the same age. My parents may, may have been a little bit older, but, uh, you know, just amazing people. That's, that's all I can say. And it's obviously a product is, is this guy here who's just a fantastic human being and, and, and a great dad and, and obviously Pro Bowl, you know, NFL player. So, I, you know, hats off to them. I hope they're doing well and handling all this crazy crisis, you know, uh, and doing, doing, staying healthy and safe. Yeah, they're doing, they're doing really well. Dad's 86, mom's 80. Wow. Uh, still live in the same house I grew up in. They're they're do, they're doing wonderful. They really mm -hmm. are, you know. And uh, you know, jo you know, thank you for talking about them. You know, and they just my parents just love sports, loved them. Uh, my mom came from a sports background. Uh, her dad, my grandfather, was a heavyweight champion, state box. He was a, a Southern States champion boxer from 26 to 
32, uh, sparred with uh, Dempsey. Wow. Uh, kind of like your background, Joe. That's uh, very yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah both my, mom's, my mom's older brother played basketball and, bar, uh, basketball and football at Marquette University wow. in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom played basketball and volleyball in high school. Uh, her cousin, Louis Camille, played for the Cleveland Indians as a pitcher in the 70s. Uh, you know, so it was just a, my mom came with a total sports background, and she just loved sports. Myself, my three other brothers all played Division One sports. Uh, so we just loved it. They loved going to the games and meeting the players. My mom, I saw, uh, she got, I got the sweatshirts here at the house where my mom actually got all the guys' autographs because she had after the games. I know, I go, hey, it's my mom. Because I need to get everybody's autographs, you know. And everybody <laughs> knew my mom and dad because they were, like Joe said, going to all the games and uh, uh, bringing food to them. And we played out in Oakland. My mom would make 200 burritos. and Oh, my God. They uh, were they fantastic, five cases too, by the of way. Beer and three cases of water and soda. And the coaches and players were eating the burritos. And uh, 97, they traveled to 14 of the 16 games uh, when they both retired. And they just – they loved going. They loved going to all the games and – hanging out with the players and the coaches and um that was just something that I'll never forget as as a uh, child that how much they put into their children and I'm trying to do the same thing to mine That's uh, awesome, you know, always give kids what words of wisdom and make them play as many sports as possible because you know my mom was president of baseball president of soccer my dad coached soccer. My dad coached baseball. So, I mean, it was just – that's all we did, lived and breathed sports. That, that's so cool. And now you guys obviously know each other so well. We're teammates. You, you guys know each other's families. Lou, give us your best Joe Valerio oh story. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. Best slow story. story. Um, we're working on sna- – uh, was, was, we're working on uh, uh, snapping with uh, Stejanovic. Mm, he got there in uh, was it 96, mm-hmm. short snaps, and um, we're trying to get the laces, and uh, Joe snapped the ball and hit me in the temple. <laughs> I didn't have my helmet on. <laughs> I, jumped, I jumped the gun a little bit. He jumped the gun, hit me right, drove me right dead square in the temple, and I went face down in the grass. I was out for like 30 seconds, and I come to, and uh, our special teams coordinator Mike Sock love him to death awesome oh he was great he was they're all saying over me I wake up he goes I thought you're dead <laughs> <laughs> they said you're they said I was out for like 30 seconds yeah he jumped on because you know I have a routine I look at the look at the kicker look down put my hand up but we're trying to you know after practice you know we're trying to uh we just trade well, this was 96 we just traded for Sianovich so we're trying to get where he wanted the ball because every like Joe said, you know, right hip, left hip when I'm punting. Kickers want the ball a certain spot, you know, over the spot, inside a little bit. So we were working on, you know, snaps. And so uh, with, uh, with uh, Pete, and we're just trying to get through it quick. And he, he jumped the gun, and, uh, yeah, he got me. But <laughs> the best thing I like about Joe, he was the only snapper. I, I played 10 years. He was the only snapper that would run down – that I, didn't, I never passed because all the other snappers are slow guys. And so Joe would actually <laughs> run down, snap, run down and make tackles. It was awesome having him out there because I remember having um, Ralph Tam. He would snap the ball and I'd pass him on the way down. 
Lou, you know what they so call slow. those? You know what they call those when a guy like me runs down the field like that? They call those delusions of grandeur. <laughs> thinking that I was ever going to make a tackle or, you know, but, you know, Mike Stock, the way he always taught us, right, just get down there, be the center of the, of the right. defense, you know, be, a, be as big as you can and, uh, you know, try to get in somebody's way and just make sure it's not one of your own players. You know, Minuski right. always used to yell at me because I would get in his way. Right. I would run him down and he'd yell at me, stay in your lane, stay in your lane. But, but yeah. uh, yeah, if Minuski was faster, you wouldn't have that problem. <laughs> that's true that's true Lou. that's true if he was as fast as you would have been different maybe maybe he would have played for 20 years instead of like yeah, 17 <laughs> but i can only say you know out of all the snappers i had joe had the nicest ass i could pick his ass out of oh, geez, Still to this day, he had the nicest ass because you know he was an athlete all the other guys you know joe can run out and catch passes and throw the ball all the other linemen all the other snappers i had they had these big old butts there you go. And, uh, yeah, Joe had the nicest butt I ever, I ever saw. It was awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank That's you the kind of insight you get now, on Believe in Cheeks. That, you know? that was your favorite. Yeah. We said that was your favorite memory. <laughs> yeah. what, what, was, what was your, you know, what what you like about coaching? I mean, I, I you know, it's something I, I've coached high school, right? You've obviously coached at, at the highest level. Um, what do you enjoy? What do you enjoy coaching? Uh, what do you enjoy most about coaching, especially at, at the pro level? Some, some, of your, um, some of the things made you feel good about it. Learning everything, you know, I had Al Roberts, special teams coach, Mike Sock, special teams coach, mm-hmm. Ort Myers, special teams coach, Keith Armstrong, is special teams. Everything I took from all those guys, mm-hmm. I got to get all that stuff. I wrote it all down, took notes because I knew that's what I was going to do. And then when I was coaching the guys, whether it be uh, punt cover, kickoff cover, returns, uh, when their eyes lit up, when they mm-hmm. finally got it, that was the best feeling because, you know, as a punter, you know, I always needed help. And, you know, Stock would say, okay, your ball is low. And a lot of these coaches, the other coach I had, they didn't know anything about punting. And Stock, mm-hmm. you know, knew some. So that helped me yeah. out. And, you know, see, you know, as a, as a player, seeing those other guys understanding what I'm talking about, you know, covering, staying in your lanes, you know, if, you know, if one guy, you know, if, guy, if you get out of your lane, you know, if a guy cuts you up, getting back in their lane. A lot of guys have to understand, you know, covering lanes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, it was just hard to get those guys to understand because a lot of those guys in college never played special teams. Mm. Yeah. You know, that's something, that's something a lot of our listeners probably don't know. Right. They probably don't they know don't, that. You know, they're the stars. Now mm-hmm. they come to the NFL. Now they're the rookies. And they haven't played special teams in three years. Mm-hmm. Or they never played them. They're blue trippers out of high school. Never played special teams. Now in order to make them the NFL team, you play special teams. And so now when you get these guys who their eyes light up, understand what's going on, that was the best feeling. Um, That's great. That's great insight, though. I I never – that's something I never would have known. You know, and, you know, another thing, you know, like, you know, having Montana, you know, when I first got the new – Kansas City, Montana, Marcus Allen, um, uh, 58, uh, DT – you know, on for dummy special teams, they're they're covering for us. Mm-hmm. You know, covering on kickoffs and stuff. And I noticed that when I was playing, but now in this now in this generation, those guys don't do that. Hmm. So I back when Joe and I were playing in the nineties, it was more of a team. Yeah, we right. used to always say that guys in the locker room, right? Coach yeah, Don Hammer like taught us the more the more you can do, the less they can fire you for. You know? Right. So we right. You know, we're always I, doing stuff. Right. You know, and I still remember how Montana and Mark Zown covering kickoffs for us. 
you know, dummy kickoffs, you know, and just, you know, getting the spots. You know, nowadays they don't do that because they're afraid to get hurt. They're making so much money nowadays, they're afraid to get hurt. And um, and, I, and that's one thing I saw with the Chiefs this year. Those, those coaches got those guys getting everybody to, you know, to buy in and be a team again. And that's, mm. that's the difference between – and Belichick does the same thing. Do I like Belichick? No, because he always kicked our ass uh, when I was with the Jets. Uh, but <laughs> that's they, – they, it's a team. It's a team game. Yeah. It's not an individual game. It's a team game. Well, so, you got to get those blue chippers to buy into being a team again because that's what they're used to. They had such great chemistry this year, a big part of the uh, Super Bowl championship. And, you know, Lou is sporting his – Chiefs t-shirt, excuse me, a Chiefs hat. Joe and I are both in t-shirts. And, um, you know, as far as t-shirts, style's changing, formal wear is out, and the t-shirt is in. Uh, right. Classic tees are my favorite because it's based in L.A. and it's a t-shirt company that's on the rise. The t-shirts are soft. They hold up in the wash. They're incredibly versatile. You can wear them out. You can wear them to work out around the house, which we're all doing a lot of these days. And the best parts are incredibly cheap, only $15. And now you can get them for even less. So go to trueclassictees.com and use the code at checkout, B-L-E-A-V, for 20% off. That's believe, B-L-E-A-V at trueclassictees.com. Lou, what are uh, your predictions for the season? First of all, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think the season could get delayed, could be without fans? And, and if so, if, if it happens, what, what, how do you see the Chiefs uh, doing again this year? Um. I'm hoping it starts on time, you know, with everything that's been, everything that's been going on, you know, all the other sports that got cut off right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just hoping that they're going to be able to, you know, get started on time and play. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of – is there, the do without fans? It's going to be hard because I know as a player, you feed off the fans whether you're home or away. Right. Um, so – but – like when 9-11 happened, I, I know that's something a little different. But I know when we came back from sports after 9-11, America was, like Trump said, uh, make America great again. And that's what happened in uh, 9-11. And I think, you know, we do that again this year. You know, we got we, – America needs sports. I know I'm flipping through TV trying to find sports. It's tough. And oh, yeah. uh, I, I watched – uh, on Monday, I, I just watched the Saints-Falcons Monday night game from when they opened the Superdome after another catastrophe Katrina because I was just so desperate for any kind of yeah. sports content. Right. I was watching the Marble Olympics on, on the Ocha. <laughs> they were running. That, that, I mean, we were, our whole family was getting – we want, we need some competition. Yeah. Like I, right. You know, we're, I'm, watching, you know. I'm watching iRacing, you know, NASCAR. <laughs> you know, tonight they're going to have the iRacing dirt track. I love dirt track racing. Uh, you know, the World of Outlaws with the wings on tie up in Knoxville, Iowa. I love watching uh, Dirt Track. It's awesome. And that's on the night, so I'm going to watch that. You know, I think, the, I think that's on Dirt Vision or Fox Sports 1 or something like that. But I just love uh, – even Curling in America I'm watching. <laughs> Lou, assuming sports. we need it. But the sports, but with fo- but football comes back, it's, it's the number one sport in America. It comes back this summer. It's going to bring us all back together and – yeah. It's going to be, you know, without – even if they don't have fans at the games, it's it's still it's still the number one sport. It's going to be great. Assuming yeah. that does happen, Lou, we're, we're all obviously hoping that's the case. Uh, you think the Chiefs repeat? What, what do you think the Chiefs do this season? I hope they repeat, but it all depends on injuries. Mm. 
You know, I saw, you know, what Joe knows, you know, 95, we went 13 and three. Next year, uh, you know, 96, you know, we don't, we, I think we're nine and seven, we had a ton of injuries. So if they all, if things stay healthy, um, they're going to be the team to beat again, I believe. I really do. Yeah. I think Rich Gannon had made that comment about that team. He thought that that team was even better than the team in 95 that went 13 and three. And it was, and, and Richard mentioned that when we had him on Louie about how it was in, you know, injuries, just, they, they get you, you know, yeah. and, 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 you know, Elvis getting hurt and then Rich coming in and then, and then, and then putting Elvis back in and injuries. Right. I mean, that, uh, that can get you. And, and yeah. you're right. That's, that is the big, that is the big unknown and always the big question mark going into any seasons. It's totally. And you know, healthy. for the chiefs, Joe and I have talked about this a lot. They had a lot of bad injuries, um, during the season, but they were kind of the healthiest. Chiefs, the Chiefs were, Joe and I have talked a lot about how the Chiefs um, were so beat up during much of the season. They were shuffling through the running backs. Mahomes was hurt. The offense line was banged up. Chris Jones was out. Uh, Frank Clark wasn't himself. But when the games were really crucial down the stretch and in the playoffs, they were the, probably the healthiest they were all season. It showed. Yeah. And, I mean, that was the healthiest at the, that was the healthiest, yeah. You're right. At the end, and that's when they were at their best. And um, they were just a great team to beat, and uh, not to beat. And they just they played phenomenal. It was they were doing really well because, like you said, Mahomes came back, Cheetah was healthy, everybody was healthy, and they they started rolling. Totally. Yeah, I think um, I think you're spot on, Lou. I think I think injuries are going to be you know be, be critical. What what do you so if you had to think back to, to the days with the Chiefs, do you, have a, do you have a couple of favorite memories that, you know, being in, in that city and playing on, on those teams that, you know, everybody always talks about? Obviously, you have the Super Bowl run here. You had some of those great Dick Vermeil teams that, you know, put up some nice numbers. I mean, is there something about that, that mid-'90s era that you really appreciated and, and, and you have some fond memories of when you think back in your time there? Yeah, I mean um... – there's so many. I mean, you know, you know, during training camp, you know, you know, like I said, I was on. I played on four teams. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs were the only team that you know during training camp, ten, twelve, fifteen guys. We'd all go and play golf together. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I remember '94. I bought my clubs. I didn't. You know, I'm all okay. Let's go. You know, somebody says, "Oh, let's go play golf." And I raised my hand, and next thing I know, I, you know, I did, you know didn't know I didn't know uh, DT yet really that well. It was okay, jump in with me, you know. I'm okay, go play golf with, you know, DT, Marcus, Montana, um, you know, uh, Grunhard, you know, and all these guys. There's, I couldn't believe how many guys during training camp went out and played golf together. You know, Johnny all and all these guys. I couldn't believe it, I'm all. You know, I was with the Jets, none of us, nobody went together. Yeah. You know, that's one thing I think that why that team was so good. They, it was, you know, that's one thing Marty and Carl always talked about was a family. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was one – that's one of the big – my best memories was doing stuff with uh, with teammates. And, um, you know, then you know then after games, you know, hang out with – you know, like Joe was talking about, you know, we'd hang out after games together and hang out and talk with families. You know, Joe's family was there. My family would come in and all the families would come in and we'd hang out after the game and tailgate. They don't do that nowadays. You know, I was coach, when I was coaching with the Jets, guys come down, boom, everybody's gone. Wow. You know, and uh, the memories to me were all, you know, the fond memories of me were family because I grew up, you know, my mom and dad, we were family. You know, Sunday afternoons, 
we eat dinner together. We always do that. That's one thing I, I remember about the Chiefs. You know, we had, you know, we stayed together as family. You know, after games on Sundays, we stuck around. We ate together. Go to the Arrowhead Club. It was family dinners. We're family time, and that's one thing. It's still to this day, like if I go to games, it's like you run into somebody. Uh, it's like we we never we never lost contact with them. Yeah. You know, and I you know when I was coaching, I'd run into guys who I played with in uh, Chicago, Green Bay, and New York, and it was just like, oh hey, how you doing? And you know, we'd go out of the way, but. Jet with the Chiefs, we'd see each other, you know, you hug everybody and you sit and talk. It was just, you'd yeah. start reminiscing like Joe and I, you know, his wife and I on uh, Facebook the other day and it was just reminiscing. It was like we never lost contact. And that's one thing I'll never forget about the Chiefs organization. You know, gave me great friends. You know, Joe's awesome. He's always been there for me with, and I remember when, uh, you know, their, his daughters were born. My son was born while we were there. My oldest, uh, Cody, who, who just got married last weekend. Um, you know, it's just, it's just a family and it's just, it's yeah. phenomenal. My mom to this day, still, when I talk to them, oh, have you talked to Joe and Jen? They always ask. <laughs> mom, no. Well, you got to get a hold of them. And I can say, yes, I talked to them, mom. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Lou. That, that, that is, that is a, well, number one, it's a testament to you and, and the way that you appreciated it and took advantage of it. And it is a testament to the Chiefs organization, Lamar Hunt, Carl Peterson, Marty Schottenheim, in the era that we were there, that, that they did make it a family. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, Lou, it's so awesome having you on. I share these memories with our Chiefs fan listeners and all of our Believe in Podcast listeners. Uh, you know, best to your parents. Tell them the, we're thinking about them all the time. Tell them to stay safe. And uh, tell your dad that car that he showed uh, that picture of on Facebook. That is a sweet ride, buddy. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm over out in California. I'm taking a ride in that bad boy. Oh, you need to. I, I was out there and I took it for a ride, and he actually got it because it, it came with a 1200 cc motor. You know, motorcycles, 1200 cc on a car, yeah. go very fast. Now he has a 1600 cc with uh, twin uh, Weber carburetors. Nice. That thing scoots. <laughs> There you go, baby. I'm in. I'm in. But it's been awesome having you. We, we really appreciate it, buddy. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, uh, you and uh, your wife and your three gorgeous daughters. I mean, it's just uh, awesome that we're back in contact again and your your parents and everything. It's just it's wonderful. Thank you yeah. for talking to me and bringing me on today and just bring back all the memories. And, you know, and I, that's one thing I also, I you know, I know we got to go, but you no, know, always having Joe there, and you know when I make a tackle, Joe's always the first guy there. Wait a tackle, I'm like, yeah, I had a crappy punt. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank I had to make the that, tackle. <laughs> that is a great. Uh, thanks, Lou. With that, a great note to end on. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thank you, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.